is amazing. Hello and welcome to the Carried Away Podcast. Um, special edition. This is a special edition of the Carried Away After Hours um, show with Preston and I. Um, the Hobbin parents, which are my parents, um, <laughs> are here in the studio with us and we're going to, you know, pick their brain yeah. on, you know, life experiences and, you know, experiences in college maybe or experiences in general. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, okay. um, so yeah. Wow. <laughs> so I think this is my first time actually meeting you guys. I've definitely like said hi to you at acapella concerts and stuff. Right. But in the hallway over at Pivot. Oh yes. Yes. I the, s- that. the old stomping ground. Mm-hmm. Amazing. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, again, I'm Nate Hobbin. I'm Preston Hanstead. And then these are my parents. I'll have them introduce themselves. So, I'm Emily Hobbin. I'm Kent Hobbin. There it is. Wow. Uh, I don't know. What do we? What should we start off with? Should we start off with some? Maybe some like career stuff, or just like? Oh yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I I certainly would like to know. Okay, Emily's giving me the finger. Uh, the middle okay, one. Yeah, the, 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 the good the the, the pointer <laughs> oh, finger. Okay. Okay, like I said, I'm Kent. Uh, <laughs> I grew up down by Renville, Minnesota, and smaller than Benson. It is smaller. That's impressive. It's, it's Western Minnesota, and uh, you know, small town. Grew up in the farm, and uh, after that, went to Wilmer Community College for a couple of years. Played some basketball. Uh, finished out at Northern State in Aberdeen, South Dakota. Business administration degree. degree. Uh, played some basketball out there, and uh, graduated out there in May of '90. And then uh, started working in Wilmer. And met, here we are. And here we are. I met <laughs> Emily in 91. And so I grew up in Wilmer, bigger town than Benson or <laughs> Renville. <laughs> Big city girl. <laughs> Big city. <laughs> Did two years at Ridgewater College, which was a community college, then went on to St. Cloud State, got a pre-med degree in four years at St. Cloud State, went on to chiropractic school for four more years at Northwestern in Bloomington mm-hmm. and graduated as a chiropractor somewhere in the middle of that, met Kent, got married before chiropractic school and right after chiropractic school started having kids and it was Nate. I was the first. You were the first. Nater. <coughs> um, Nater potato. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the stories that we wanted to ask you um, was how you guys met. So. Should we just start off there, or why don't I tell a little bit about myself? Oh, they don't know me. Sure, I oh. suppose. Bring it on. <laughs> All right, I'm Preston Hanstead, born in Coon Rapids, Minnesota, which is a north suburb. Coon Rapids, let's go. Yep. And um, I'm here now, music major. Play the saxophone in the jazz band. You can check me out tomorrow in the chapel service, yeah, 10:30, if you guys are going. Mm-hmm. And the two o'clock showcase with Nate. So, yep. All right. That's about me. Are I have two siblings. Here? Are your parents here? They're at a wedding this weekend, oh. which mm-hmm. I could not attend since I have the performances. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yep. And or two siblings? And yep. Two older sisters. Oh. Yep. Kelsey did both, and Megan. Both of them went to get Savis, right? No. Kelsey did. She graduated in 2014 from here with a dance major. She's now teaching dance in Minneapolis at two studios, and she also dances in a company called Strong Movement. 
And my other sister, Megan, went to Winona State for one year. Then she went to North Hennepin Community College. And now she's going into estomology. What's the study of, like, skin care and stuff? Esthetician? Yep, that stuff. Stuff? Yeah. So, yep. All right. Good to meet you. That's how I ended up here. (laughs) Sounds great. Good to meet you. (laughs) (laughs) Anything? So, yeah. How... Kent, how tall are you, first of all? <laughs> wow. I'm uh, five feet, 19 inches. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> do the math. Okay, do the math. All right, all right. Yeah. Com majors and music majors. Okay, so yeah, math's math. not our strong yeah. suit. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm 6'7". Nice. Mm-hmm. He's the one guy that you can see about everyone else. Right. Yeah, it's great. In the it crowd. makes it you easy. You never lose him. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like when we're in the store and you just <laughs> can look above the aisles oh, and see him above the shelves just towering. I think the whole Hobbin family is just big boys. Oh yeah, no, it is, and it's gonna be, it's gonna get bigger. <laughs> I was telling Nate today at breakfast, I was like, I can't wait till Harold's like six ten, just going nuts, dunking yeah. on people. Yeah. It'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the little basketball extraordinaire. Yes. He loves it. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So yeah, how did you guys meet? Yeah. I'm intrigued. Start off. So it would have been back in 91. Mm-hmm. March of 91. Mm-hmm. I, my dad owned a car dealership mm-hmm. that was started by my grandpa in 1946 called Swenson Motor Company in Wilmer. Nice. Yeah. And my dad was running it and they were doing something like every year they would do a spring car show. And so they would bring all of the... Um, dealerships together in our town and they would have like the model of the year whatever mm-hmm. the, the make was mm-hmm. so he had Oldsmobile GMC Chrysler Dodge and Plymouth and Ram trucks or something at the time so I was working for him doing a promotional basketball shoot thing and Kent was working for another dealership in town a Toyota dealership and there was always a um, the the lady that worked at the dealership for my dad. She was a salesman, and she was always looking for a tall guy for me because I'm not quite six feet tall, but I'm close. And so she always wanted to make sure she found a <laughs> tall guy for me. So there's this new salesperson at the other dealership in town, one of the other ones, and she told my mom about him. And then there was someone else at the dealership that had worked with Kent that also wanted to introduce oh. me to him. There's the guy that actually, he worked at the Toyota store. He hired me. And then he started working for Emily's dad over at Swenson Motor Company. Oh, interesting. So it was one of those things where I had a connection with this other guy. His name was Kevin. Nice guy. Great guy. Still in the car business. Okay. And uh, he basically, so I'm talking to him at this car show. I'm talk, I'm going over and talking to him, saying, hey, who's that over there? You know, and right. so he's going, yeah, you got to meet her. I'm going, yeah. When you told when you told this story to me before, mm-hmm. you always said, was there a, was there like a basketball like mini? Yeah, it was yeah. basically Oldsmobile's promotion. There was the drive to the Final Four. So what they had was, was the Final Four hosted in Minnesota. No, it wasn't, but oh. it was just Oldsmobile's nationwide oh, okay. promotion. Oh, okay. And Oldsmobile uh, was sponsoring. It was just one of their advertising programs. Was just drive to the Final Four, and they had this little mini basketball hoop shoot 
promotion at this car show, right? And Emily was running this promotion. So she's standing over there in a basketball referee shirt, you know, just like, you know. And pants. And pants. Yeah, she had pants. She had, yeah, Emily wants to clarify. She had pants on too. Shirt on. Okay. Striped shirt with pants. Okay. So she's running this little promotion, right? right. So you have to, you basically would go over there and you would shoot a basket. And if you made the basket, you got a VCR tape. I know it. I know it. It's hard to believe, guys. A VCR <laughs> tape with all of the highlights of past NCAA basketball games. Huh. Okay. Oh, cool. So I'm thinking, cool. I can go over there, shoot a basket, meet the girl. You know, perfect. Win-win. Impress her and then and walk away with and, the tape. And most importantly, get a VCR tape of NCAA oh, basketball right, yeah. highlights because That's the number one priority. Just, yeah. It's still <laughs> so, on the shelf. And so Dad stepped somewhere. up to the line. Did I fade away? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm oh, good. Hey, come over here and guard me. <laughs> So anyway, no, I didn't say that. I just simply <laughs> walked up there and made the shot. Very humble, of course. Took the tape and walked away. Uh, yeah, you know, it was like, one of those things. I don't where remember that you introduced yourself at the time. At, at that point, no, because I wanted to get an up-close look. Uh, to oh, make sure. Makes to make sense. sure it's <laughs> everything that she was hoping, you know, I was yeah. hoping that she would be. Right. right. So. So then, you know, so I get to check, yeah. you know, check it out, right? After okay. the shot, heard around the world. Yeah, yeah. Make, make the shot, get the tape, walk back over there into the Toyota section at the Civic Center because all of the different car dealerships had their own areas oh, okay. with their cars, right? So I'm over there just going, huh, all right, you know, checking things out. And uh, she was doing the same. And so I walked over then into his space and climbed into one of his Toyota MR2. Right, that cool little car. Yeah, I little see where Jonas rocket. gets his love for cars. Uh-huh. Absolutely, yes. cool little car, little rocket. I I, I don't fit in them. It was, <laughs> it was a absolutely incredible little little mid engine. Mm-hmm. It's a turbocharged intercooled little rocket. But anyway, cool car. Sounds like a rocket. But yeah. I fit beautifully. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely beautifully. <laughs> so I sat down in his car. And he kind of came up to the window and started asking questions and introduced mm-hmm. himself and yeah. asked me out on a date. Right on. And yeah, it was nice. really a cool moment. And at the time, I was wearing a pearl ring. And in the middle of the conversation, this there's a point to me telling you the fact that I had a pearl ring on because in the middle of the conversation when he's trying to get to know me and and where should we go out on this date and everything I happened to notice that the pearl was missing on my ring oh, God. so no. now I'm like panicking and oh this was a really cool moment that I just totally oh, wrecked no. but I lost my pearl yeah in my ring but it was in my pants pocket and oh, I found it later <laughs> was on. it in your back pocket no. In my pocket? Front pocket. All right. Shout out to Carrie. She couldn't make it. Shout out to oh, Legacy. Oh, I love Carrie. Yeah. And, like, and Carrie. Yeah. And Legacy. So mm-hmm. may I ask where the first date was? Uh, that evening we just went to, uh, not Mac- Perkins, McMillan's. McMillan's. Went to McMillan's. Family restaurant. See, Emily wasn't old enough. Uh, the hot spot in town. Yeah, well, see, <laughs> yeah. here's, here's the situation. Okay. I wasn't even 19. Emily wasn't old enough to go to a bar yet. Oh. Okay. So at this point. And I, he was. I'm just a little bit older than Emily, you know. So anyway, five years. Yeah, something like that. So, <laughs> but uh, so our choices were limited, right? You right. can't go to a bar. I can't go to a dancing place. You know. So we had went to this family restaurant after the car show type thing, and then just had some I don't know hot cocoa and a 
piece, piece of pie, pie or something like that. Yeah. So then we talked. Mm-hmm. Wow. Nice. Yeah. yeah. It was very harmless. Uh-huh. It was so sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that, okay, back to the Jonas likes cars, he likes cars thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, what do I wear? This is an older guy. He's like 23. Mm-hmm. What do I put on? So I'm looking through my closet. I pull out a guess jean skirt, mini skirt. Awesome. And a, <laughs> a cardigan <laughs> sweater. Oh, so I'm thinking, I look really good, right? He pulls up in a jacked up Wagoneer Jeep. <laughs> oh, let's go. With like, I don't know what kind of. Renville home and grown. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I built it. It was so homegrown. He called it the Habaneer. Wow. Yes. Oh, that's yes. So, yes. I can show you pictures. This thing is incredible. Oh, I love oh my okay, but Jonas is literally Kent reincarnated. I, I built this thing the summer after, after. I built it the summer after I graduated from college. It was like my summer project. I, I yeah. put it up in the air. That's amazing. Well, and speaking of the habanier, I had seen him before I met him, and it was like this really cool lightning bolt kind of a moment. Like, I was driving my truck downtown Wilmer, and right by Toyota, uptown Toyota, where he was working. So I pull up to the stoplight, and there's this really good-looking guy walking in front of me, and there was like a lightning bolt moment. (laughs) Dang. Yeah, and I was like, oh my gosh, he's really, I, I like that. And I kind of followed him walking across the street with my eyes. I didn't get out of my truck or anything, but I'm watching him. <laughs> he gets across the street, and he's climbing into this white habanier. Habanier. And I went, ooh, uh. <laughs> nope, nope, not gonna, not gonna follow that. And then he showed up in it at my mom and dad's house that mm-hmm. night, and just went, oh my gosh. He's wow. that guy. I'm He's that the guy. lightning bolt guy. That's amazing. Yeah. That's that really cool, actually. a monster truck with 36 and a half inch tall tires. Yeah, I know. That's right. Mm-hmm. Just what's, a, right? For, what's like a standard tire size? Oh, probably like in a pickup truck, it's like probably like 28 inches tall or something like that. So, so that's, a, that's, a, that's a pretty big. It yeah. was really <laughs> hard hefty. to get into in a mini skirt. Uh-huh. It was awesome. <laughs> Modestly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was tricky. So you guys have always been small town people. Uh, Any thoughts of ever moving to the suburbs? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I lived yeah. Well, I lived in uh, Richfield when mm. I was in chiropractic school mm-hmm. and loved it. And so when we had I was we had four years of you know, when we got married. Em had four years of chiropractic school, so I lived in Wilmer, worked oh. in Wilmer. Em lived in the in Bloomington, Richfield area, so we would chase back and forth, mm. you know, weekends. But you know, it was tough. You know, I mean, there were many times along that way I was thinking this really sucks, Right. you know, being apart. And I was thinking I, I easily could have gotten a job anywhere in the metro area, mm-hmm. you know, and we could have lived down there. But, but being it was a family business. That I was it working was family's a, dad. Yeah, a lo- level of security, you know, staying mm-hmm. with the family business. Mm-hmm. You bet. Owned a house in Wilmer at the time. Mm-hmm. So, and then you said off westward to Benson. Yeah, well, we had an opportunity. And that was yeah again yeah. car 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 dealership opportunity. Yep. So it's one of those things where it would have been in September of '03. Uh, we bought into a Chevy Pontiac Buick GMC store over in Benson. Okay. So it was Emily's two brothers and and us bought into the hmm. store. Uh, I was the managing partner of the store, and we were doing fine. 
until the recession hit in the late 2000s. And that's when General Motors went through its bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. And at that point, then GM uh, pulled the franchises from about almost 700 dealerships across the United States. Wow. And our store was one of those because it was a small town right. store. And GM whacked all these dealerships. Chrysler Corporation did the same thing, hmm. whacked a bunch of stores, and ours was one of them. So, but we, at that point, then we had to close the store down. Uh, we enjoyed the town, wanted to stay there. You know, for us, we, we sort of equated uh, Benson as being like Mayberry, you know, perfect small little town, mm -hmm. great town to raise kids. Well, and as soon as we moved there, it was so welcoming, and it just felt like a hometown. Yeah, Luke you know? Bryant. Yeah. Yeah. He was there. Luke Seriously. Bryant. Yeah, he right. came to Benson. Amazing. Hometown hero. Right. He came to Benson. Yeah. <laughs> so we we stayed oh, in God. Benson, even though we had to shut the car dealership down, we stayed and in Benson. at that point, it was me, Joe, Eleanor. Harold and Hazel. No, well, Hazel when wasn't. We, Harold. And Harold. When the recession hit. Yeah, we well, had... Well, 2008-ish. It started hitting. But and when then we, we closed, it was 2011. So Hazel was born, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you guys have five kids. We do. We do. It's pretty cool. Wild. I don't, think I'd, wanna get, I don't think I'd want to get rid of any of them. I you know, love it's, them all. I, I like I them all. I love them all. Yeah. But Nate a little less, right? Yeah. No. That's, no, he's oh, the first. First is the worst. He blazed the trail. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. The other kids have it easy. True. You know, Nate, Nate True. blazed the yeah, Jonas didn't even have to pick a college. He just said, all right. I'll, I'll <laughs> well, have whatever Nate's doing. Yeah. I just yeah. want to be with Nathan. Nathan's uh, my, the dynamic Nate duo. was our, our um, test case. Oh, right. You know, he just we experimented on everything. We apologized him. to him all the time. Yeah, I'm sorry, we're Nate. sorry. We practiced on you, and we've done the best we can. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that's all you can do. It's kind of just thrown into the mix, and now I'm here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Voila. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. So did you guys talk about having five kids? We always knew we wanted to have a lot of a big family. I jokingly mentioned it to Kent's sister-in-law, so his <laughs> brother's wife, I guess, when we were first dating. It was when I was still in college. And, and she had said, so how many kids do you think you'd like? And I was like, well, maybe five. And she didn't remind me of that until after we had Hazel, mm. number five. She's like, you told me when you were in college, you were going to have five kids. And That's funny. There we are. The prophecy yeah. spoken. <laughs> what it is. But we kids. planned on having at least four. Mm -hmm. And then four was a really nice number. Mm -hmm. And then we were surprised with Hazel. Oh. And she was a wonderful surprise. We're so glad we, that she's yeah. our last born. Absolutely. Tiny yeah. five. Tiny five. Yeah. yeah. Tiny five. Yeah. yeah, she's sort of a mascot for all of the big, the older brothers and sisters, friends. She's uh, oh, definitely. She yeah. always wants to play rock paper scissors. Oh, absolutely. Me. That's yes. her. She's oh, tough. but she will never actually play rock paper or scissors. No, it's her own made up. She always is pointing weapons. a finger at me, or yeah, yeah, bazookas, defensive <laughs> yeah. maneuver. Yeah, <laughs> it's the best. Yeah, you gotta just roll with it. But yeah, that's how yeah. it is with lastborns. I don't know mm -hmm. if you know that being the child of two last boys. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, we drive Nathan gotta. nuts because we are really sort of, you know, go with the flow. That's all right. It, it cooled me down as a firstborn. Mm -hmm. yeah. A lot of our parenting and life decisions have been made based on Easiness. doing the easiest thing possible. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> say entirely. <laughs> so there's a lot of, there's a lot, I feel like there are a lot of choices that were made for like parenting of, all of us children that were not the easy route. Oh, 
I would agree. Oh. Hence, like home birthing and homeschooling. Yeah. Homeschooling. If you're having a home birth, you don't have to leave your house. <laughs> it's you know, nice people and warm. come to you. It's warm. The lights are nicer. The atmosphere is so good. The smell nice is cozy. your smell. You don't have fluorescent lights beating down on you. Yeah. It's smelling. Yeah. And then you just hop into your own bed. You don't have to, you know, go in the car and out in the so world. Were there any like painkillers? No. no. Interesting. It was water. Beast. It was water. We did water births. So superwoman. Impressive. Life yeah. was. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. It was great. No regrets on all no. on all those. They're very good. <laughs> yeah. And homeschooling, you know, same thing. You don't have to figure out getting lunches and bringing kids to school. You just order your curriculum, and you get to watch your kids learn. Probably the coolest and thing, is you're, you're not awesome. married to the public school district schedule. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, one of yeah, our, how does that work? Oh, it's, it's, you just do it however you want to. I was, it's I, completely separate. One of the best basically. summer vacations we have had didn't happen in the summer. It was in the fall. It was like tail end of September and October, we took a two-week road trip down to the Gulf of Mexico. Down to, we, the, the main focus was was, was was a uh, wedding was the main focus, mm-hmm. but we went off-season like that, and it was incredible. And we could pull it off because we weren't following the public school's typical calendar. Yeah, you weren't bound yeah. to anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was incredible. Yeah, and like that's like, I don't know, I think with, with homeschooling, it's not all – it's not all about like, it's not the same. It doesn't have the same values as the public school system. Like public school system is all about like cramming you, cramming your head full of knowledge, mm-hmm. and then take you a, pass test. a certain amount of yeah. tests yeah. to before test. you and then go repeat. To the next. Yeah. Right, yeah. and the public like homeschooling was very different. Like how it flowed, and there was a lot more emphasis on you know, like being involved in our community of Benson because like we could do that because it was such a small town and like sharing music with our community and stuff like that. The nursing home. Right. Yeah. And so, and like same with, I don't know, just there was more emphasis on arts and creativity and stuff like that, which I think is probably why I am the way I am. Mm -hmm. So, and I love it, so. I think the other thing that I enjoyed about and continue to enjoy about homeschooling is um, having oral tests, you know? So Same like my, my favorite professor in college did oral exams. Mm-hmm. So you had to sit down with him and he'd say, tell me about this. Oh, like tell me what you know, basically? Yeah, tell me about this. Oh. Open book, you know, whatever you want to talk about on this topic. And he was a biology professor, so it was like my 400 level biology classes. And it was all oral exam, and you had to know everything. You had to master the subject to be able to talk about right. it. Right. No, it's definitely harder than just right. circling an answer. Right. So with teaching these guys, we'd read a, a life book, you know, something about a, a, either a biography or some sort of historical fiction. Then we'd talk about it, and, yeah, we had lots of tangents that – had probably nothing to do with the original content <laughs> of that that unit study, but there was lots of great conversations that were born out of just reading a book and discussing that topic. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that makes you grow as a family too. Absolutely. Oh, kids are very like when close. I think of the Hobbins, I think kids are very close. Power family, like <laughs> yeah. you kids guys are, very are close. bound by everything. And that's also like <laughs> another reason for that is because like. 
I don't know. We're like all in the same house together, being homeschooled together, and like small house, small house, and like when um, school doesn't didn't go until three o'clock or three in the afternoon, like yep. public school, we'd get done at like eleven thirty, maybe like twelve. And Jonas and I would go play Legos, or we would jump go. the ramp. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> oh my god, they would jump their bikes. Uh, oh, yeah, that's the best. Hours. But you know, like I don't know, we would we, like Jonas and I interacted a lot more with each other than more of like our friends on the block. Eventually, we did like start to branch out from our own house, but. Uh, <laughs> Well, and you would bring, like, Jacob and then that Dahan boy in. Yeah. Like, they'd come over and you'd play Nitro Circus on your oh, bikes. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> we recorded. <laughs> we would we would record us jumping our bikes um, with the, the family VHS tape recorder. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure we never actually Watched recorded it. it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we never actually recorded anything. Hit record? Yeah, we never, I don't think we did. I think we <laughs> just looked through the viewfinder. <laughs> well, I can tell you, you did record some of your little plays that you oh, did. Yeah. Little that plays. you directed. Yes. Yeah. The, the skits? skits. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. It was in the backyard, so it was tell like. Tell me about a skit, Nate. It was a film. It was a full Wait, like, sure film. film. Like, what, what was this? Eleanor was some lady, and you had Hazel in the stroller, and so Hazel was the baby, and then Harold was this monster guy, and I don't remember this yeah, at all. You were Gosh, directing, you're so creative. You were directing it and filming it all at once, and you're like, <laughs> you can hear kind of little, yeah, Hazel, yeah, Hazel, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah really, yeah, do that, Harold. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> any amazing. of this. Yeah, or Jonas with his gunko. I remember that. Jonas did a lot of advertising. Yeah, that was pretty funny too. Just a bit, like but he it was, was total ad lib. I don't think there's any no. directing Jonas ever. No, <laughs> Jonas is just um, one basically. Of a kind. We did these little infomercial skits where he would basically grab a random item from the kitchen or wherever, and then make up a story about it about like the abilities of this item and basically sell it yeah. like completely ad lib, mm. like ballpoint pen, the dog collar, yeah, the, <laughs> the, the shock the, dog collar, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are those are some funny ones. Yeah. With Nate and Jonas, I think it's funny how close you guys are, yet how different you guys are oh, yeah. in yeah. personalities. Definitely. Yep. And interests and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. And I think that's honestly has been more of a recent development. Like, I think like towards the end of high school, and then into college is kind of where we went our separate ways. Because like mm-hmm. for the majority of our childhood, we were in, like, I think we were like mostly into the same things like Legos and Star Wars and building things and just being creative, playing outside. Um, and then like late high school when I went to college, like that's where we kind of started branching off. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so, yeah. yeah. So how was that Nate, transferring from like homeschool to high school? That was, I was scared. I was really I mean, scared. I well, and too. I can remember the day you decided cause I had asked him, like, I want to say it was after sixth grade, after seventh grade, after eighth grade. So in the springtime, we'd get done, and I'd be like, so next year, are we going to do this again? You know, are we going to get the curriculum for next year? And yep, yep, every year it was yep. And then I want to say it was eighth, eighth grade, grade, spring, spring of, eighth of eighth grade, grade right? So mm-hmm. I said, what do you think? You want to do this again next year? No, I don't, I don't think I do. Well, and at that point, I was not sure. No. But there was and a definite, I mean, there was a lot of courage in your 
being able to voice that for one thing to your parent who'd been teaching you since kindergarten mm-hmm. as a 13 year old, you know, to just look at me and say, you know, I think I want to go another way. <laughs> well, and here's the, all right, I'm going to be completely honest. It's about time. The, oh my gosh. <laughs> it is. Wow. Um, is this why you brought us in here? Really? <laughs> I want to tell you something. Um, I, I think like, honestly, I was really scared and I did not want to go to high school. I wanted to be home. Like, if it would, maybe later I would have wanted to go to high school. But actually, in that moment, I can remember not wanting to go to high school. As in the springtime, or yes, in the f- oh, no, really? in the spring. And I, the reason was because I thought that you had a lot on your plate. Oh, and I like there are like smaller children it's who are time getting for me older. To move on. Oh. And so I was like, I like I need to do this not just for myself. Do this for, for my mother. So, <laughs> oh. wow, um, wow, true yeah. confessions by Nathan. I know we're getting deep. Um, and you know that's interesting because that's a lot of how Eleanor is. I don't know that she necessarily felt like she needed to sacrifice herself to the high school gods <laughs> for me <laughs> as much, but um, she's very much that way. I see a lot of similarities between you and her in just always looking to other people. And I don't want to be a burden because there's other people around that need the attention, the money, the resources, whatever it is. So you and your sister Eleanor are similar in that way. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's really interesting. That's true. She had a top. She sacrificed in eighth grade. Jonas went in ninth grade and. Yeah, yeah, so really, so when you, you headed over there in ninth grade, I mean, really, it's not like it's a major no, high school yeah. either. Well, you'd been going there for band already and, you know. Mm-hmm. No, but there's there's a definite, like, culture shock oh, yeah. involved with it, especially getting a job also, oh, um, like yeah. my first job in high school. It's a lifeguard? No. no. Oh, that came later. That was, this was. Carry well, life. what was your first job? Well, I did. Well, it was okay. So I remember uh, my first job was, wasn't it? Egg vice. Egg vice. No, for a day. It was. It was. It was three days. Okay. Wait. Okay. Was I working at Agvice first or Super Value? Oh yeah, Agvice that first. was Agvice first. You didn't work at okay. Super until the next spring. Was it? Oh, fall. Know. It was like you weren't in football, and so the lady approached me and said, "Oh, your son's not in football." Do you think he could come and be a bag boy? Yeah, that was the worst. <laughs> actually, hey, your son's not athletic. Apparently, actually, it <laughs> was not. It was make some groceries. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> it was not okay. Super value. Being a bag boy was definitely not as bad as working at the egg vice because after what is egg three vice? days. Oh, all right. Vice. So here, after three days of cutting open a bag of dirt and. Putting that dirt onto a tray and putting the tray into a, a, sh- a shelf, yep. I was like, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> I, w- I, I was trying to come up with games that I could play in my head to keep myself from going insane. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, I can't do this anymore. And just think that's someone's job. I can't, Im- I can't imagine. I that. couldn't. Anyway, I also had a, I feel like, I think I had a breakdown at the end of that week. I started, it was a tough week. I start, I like that. started bawling in the kitchen mm-hmm. after dinner. What are you going to yeah. cry? Yeah. <laughs> Get back to work. <laughs> <laughs> that 
there's, yeah. well, there's a lot of changes. You know, you're going to public yeah. school. All of a sudden, you're working yeah. at this place you don't like. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that'll do it. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I was a bag boy. Have you for been through four. therapy yeah. about that at all? <laughs> no. This is the therapy right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once a week, actually. Well, really? <laughs> yeah, we're sorry to drop the bomb on you right now. Carried away as an intervention. But only for Nate. Am I going to get the bill? Yeah. Put it on the HSA. Um, yeah. Uh, but I do remember that transition and, and teaching you how to learn to the test. Yeah. Right. You know, it was no longer about how we were. A verbal test. It was to teach you and learn things. Mm. Oh yeah. I guess that it was different. Like it didn't, it probably took me like the, that entire year to to figure out how to study for the test Mm -hmm. and, yeah. And how to do a public school. But I would say it seemed like um, Mr. Duncan and the band oh, room yeah. and then later on Shelly and the choir room was kind of your I was definitely safe a, and wonderful yeah. place. Mm-hmm. I was definitely Joyful a band, place. band kid yep. mm-hmm. um, in high school. Hey, welcome to the club. Mm-hmm. But I was one of those band kids that was like, I'm a band kid, but I'm too cool for the band kids. <laughs> like, like, oh, you, you stupid people! I'm better than you. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was something. That's amazing. Yeah. Um. So back to homeschooling. Yeah. So you get the curriculum. Mm-hmm. How, how do you grade your kids? Like, is that like oh all A's? Oh, Nate, nice try, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> F for you well and that's the thing you know you teach to mastery you don't you don't just settle for okay you didn't know how to do that i fail you you keep talking to them okay it doesn't seem like you really get this let's look at it a different way and that's like the difference between public school and even like college now too like if you take a test and you're like oh i really didn't get that part and they're like, well, test is over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who cares? Move on to the next. Right. Better look next time. Yeah. yeah. And like yeah. that concept is just gone. Like you, you're not going to relearn that at least. Right. Like if you didn't catch it once, you're going to catch it again. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. No, but I mean, everything built on it. And we did a chronological curriculum. So, you know, starting early on and moving through history. And so we did a um, spiraling curriculum. So you'd do it like in kindergarten and then moving out through, I want to say it was through third grade. And then in fourth grade, it started back again and then spiraled back around so that you'd touch touch on everything really lightly throughout history. It wasn't just all about American history. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was European history. There was biblical history. It was, you know, starting at creation and moving out. And yes, creation not big bang so it was a creationist Mm -hmm. history Mm -hmm. um but spiraling out and and teaching to the level of the child that you're you're teaching you know if they are just little guys you kind of touch on everything and then come back later and dig a little deeper or dig to whatever level they want to go to so right yeah Mm -hmm. and were you the big front runner on i want to homeschool the kids or was it a conversation between the two of us, yes. um, well, it was it was a, we're, we were very much yeah we, we were very much it was, it really decided made sense on it. to do it. Um, I mean, at the time, we had already kind of we had sequestered the children at that point <laughs> <laughs> from from the general public. No, we didn't. Um, <laughs> but our um, our home birth midwife, mm-hmm. she homeschooled her kids, and they were just the coolest, well rounded 
just phenomenal kids, artists and musicians, and and they knew how to play. And we were in a, a play group with them and a bunch of other homeschool or um, home birth moms who we're still friends with today. And seeing how they learned totally out of the box really mm-hmm. appealed to me. And when I expressed my interest with that to Kent, he was like, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Let's, that sounds great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, as a parent, you, you adore these little people that you get to look into their faces. And then all of a sudden they're like four or five and you don't want to give gotta, them up. You got to send them away to have someone else raise them and see yeah. them the majority of their day, especially with a person who works until five. And then all you get is from five until eight when you got to put your kids to bed. That just really did not appeal to us. We, mm-hmm. we loved them, you know, to right. be around us. And yeah, so when he was five, it was kind of like, I don't want to send you away. I'm having fun with you <laughs> and, and Jonas and Eleanor was on the way. So, yeah. The cool part for me, I you know we, I worked in a small town, lived in a small town, so I, I went home for lunch probably four out of five days a week. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'd go home, see Emily, see Nathan, see Jonas, Eleanor, all of the kids, you know, and see how the day is going. It would sort of break up the day for Emily, you know, giving her a chance to talk to an adult instead of just, <laughs> you know, you know yeah. and to see how the kids are doing. And try to, you know, if there are moments where I know it may be hard to believe, but sometimes Nathan and Jonas would misbehave. Hmm. I, know, I know it's maybe no, as a shock. Not, not Nathan. <laughs> not Nathan. Okay, Jonas. <laughs> Primarily Jonas, right? No. So it would be just a chance to try to, you know, <laughs> crack try, the to, whip. try to calm the kids down a little bit, you know. But it was it was just a cool break for me to be able to go home and see my kids. Right. You know, and, and still now with Hazel and Harold. Same deal. I, I get to come home and see how Hazel and Harold are doing. You know, it's pretty cool. So but I, the I, other side of it, you know, he says, uh, to, so I could talk to an adult. We did a co-op where we would, um, there's a bunch of homeschool families in the Wilmer area, mm-hmm. and it's called Grace Co-op. And we would get together with homeschool families that had kids our same age. We'd split the kids up into age group um, activities. So there'd be an art room, there'd be a FIED room, and there was like a topic of the week room. And so once a week, we'd get together for a couple of hours and do that. Hmm. So, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. And I then know. every other Friday we did play group where we'd just go <laughs> play. Yeah. Another, another big part of my childhood, um, and Jonas, well, Jonas also did it with me, was karate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, That's pretty cool. It was Tuesdays, like Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Um, we would drive from Benson down to um, Wilmer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, like an hour of karate mm-hmm. in the evening, so... And that was like, I don't know. That was my that was my jam. Correct. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Tornado kicks and that was my like favorite thing. Kicks. Could you beat me up? Well, yeah. He I could think he teach could. you a thing or two. Yeah. <laughs> don't make him angry. I'll teach you. Um, he's a, like a junior black belt. Double. Like he's, oh. he did it twice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Because basically, it. you can't become an actual black belt in karate until you're 16, and so I went. Uh, I wasn't old enough, and so I went through the black belt test twice um, because I couldn't actually get my real black belt. Um, why is and yeah. why did someone go sixteen? That's the age. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> um, but so I took like the the same test twice. Well, and I think you had to have so many hours after you took it the first time. You had to have so many hours then okay. of practice. 
and then you could take it again yeah. after two two years or something like that. Yeah. And then uh, my instructor up and went to California and said, uh, <laughs> see ya, kids. Heidi and I was devastated. So, yeah. Well, and then you found video games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I found video games and ruined my mom's life. I was sad. Yeah. He sat up in his room with his little headphones on, and I was thankful that he was at least, like, conversing with people. It wasn't just him by himself <laughs> in a little sad room doing video games. Oh, yeah. My mom would she always w- do that to me. Yeah. she was No, she was convinced that I was um, not going to have social skills. Right. Because uh, he was always just talking in his headset to his cousin Brad. Yep. Who Bro's Brad, friend. Shout Brad, out to yeah, Brad. shout out to Brad who also goes to Gustavus. We saw you beat Captain well. Sparkles <laughs> in the Smash Mobs. <laughs> yeah. Brad Brad is featured in a Captain Sparkles who is a Minecraft YouTuber. He's in he's featured in Serious. one of his videos. Oh yeah. And he beat him. Yeah. Brad's my favorite nephew. I'm just gonna <laughs> throw that out there. Wow. Yeah, he Amazing. knows he is too. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And he That's actually awesome. introduces us as his favorite, favorite aunt, aunt and uncle. Favorite uncle. That's oh, pretty cool. Cute. Yeah. Um, one thing that I'd, I'd like to um, talk about, which is um, fairly controversial at this time, um, or like just in the world, is um, your choice to not vaccinate us. And so I just want to like hear your opinion on that as a woman of science and medicine. Yeah, you know, um, again, kind of path of least resistance. My thought is with uh, home birth, which really, you know, you're not getting exposed to a lot of outside Mm -hmm. bacteria, viruses, things like that. I mean, MRSA, all the strange things that you can get exposed to in a hospital. I mean, um, the United States has a really high um, infant mortality rate at this time, which is pretty scary because of just issues that can come up in hospital. So I felt like because of the home birth and then nursing my kids as long as I was able, which ended up being around two, two and a half years for each one of them, I felt like your immune system was built to the point where you could fight a, a virus. You could fight. Swedish blood fights. Well, see, there is that I am 100% Swedish. There it is. <laughs> Anyway, so I felt like you could you could fight a virus and a bacteria. Our bodies were made to fight those things, but we didn't know what was in it. You know, was there thimerosal in it at the time? We didn't know, and we didn't know um, what other what other ingredients your body was going to be exposed to, and could your body fight that? We weren't sure. And so kind of it was a, we're hedging our bets toward you can fight an illness, but you maybe can't fight this whatever, this mercury that they were saying might have been in it. This would have been in the, you know, the early 2000, um, 1999, that kind of era. And then once we made that decision for you to not vaccinate, it just kind of, it worked. Since I didn't die. Right. You didn't die. Like, and you absolutely. didn't have a lot, I mean, of of childhood you illnesses. Sick. You had roseola at one point. Um, Jonas had German measles, but he fought it. He got through it. Um, Jonas and Eleanor, whooping cough. But, you know, because we homeschooled, you guys weren't exposing the world to it either. You right. got 
time to be home and we didn't have to rush you back to school and possibly expose other people to it. So that was, yeah, it's controversial. And, and I listened to it, you know, and, and Adam Schiff and his idea over in uh, California that everyone has to be. And let's not put any information out on Google or Facebook or anything. And it's actually banned. Anti-vaxxers are banned at this point. And not that I'm really vocal about it, because I think it is a personal choice. And I think everyone needs to educate themselves on what the risks are for both sides of it. But I don't think we should be suppressing any information. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, Nate, cool. you are vaccinated, right? You I, chose that to do yes. that yourself? Correct. Later in life. Mm-hmm. Once I got to college, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm, why did you make that decision? I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't really have, like, a deeper meaning behind it, I guess. I was just like, people were saying that I should get vaccinated. So I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it might be a requirement for the... There are so certain, there are certain, certain things. Are so Jonas now has done the MMR as an 18-year-old adult. Um, tetanus, you know, we, yeah. we did yeah. do tetanus, tetanus early, when yeah. they were in seventh grade. But there's just so much that they put into small children when their immune systems are not ready to fight and... Yeah, just didn't want to tax it before you were strong enough to fight it. Right. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, my girlfriend is t- currently listening, and she wants to know, Emily, how you managed to work as a chiropractor and do the homeschooling That's all a, in one yeah. day. That's because my um, – what's your girlfriend's name? Audrey. Hi, Audrey. Um, that's because I have my chiropractic business in my home. Mm-hmm. So we have a, it would be a den if, you know, we didn't have my office in there, but I have my table in there and people come to the house. And at first I kind of set up my hours at, from five to eight at night. So I would get done with school with the kids around, you know, one, two o'clock, and then there'd be enough, um, afternoon time where I could get stuff done at the house. And mm-hmm. then, around five o'clock Kent would come home and it was kind of like here take the baby I'm working (laughs) so then for three hours I would see patients in the evening and that worked it wasn't every day it was it was about two three days three days a week yeah yeah so um and I have a a very small cash practice very Mm part-time but it's grown to the point where now I start seeing people. I, I'll see people before 8 o'clock in the morning. I see people over my noon hour. And then I start working at about two thirty, three 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm done around 6. So school happens in between. Mm-hmm. It used to be that school was my main focus with the kids. But now I've got Harold and Hazel, who are really great independent learners. So we do our our together work we call it from eight until about noon and then at that point they they start learning independently and push themselves so that they're done and out of the house and playing in the neighborhood or playing piano for an hour at like two o'clock and Mm -hmm. i just kind of let my practice work in the middle there nice yeah and i heard nate wasn't good at math nate i'm terrible (laughs) nate still bad and I struggled with it because he did cry, and and it was it was really hard because I I just know math, um, it just works in my head. <laughs> right. I mean, I I guess that's what, 
I hear that's what everyone that's good at math. Just like they can't explain I can't it. Explain it just it, it just yeah. goes well. And so basic math, like arithmetic, the early stuff, I could I could teach him because it was pretty basic. But then um, once we got into higher math, we kind of butted heads because I couldn't teach him, and he had a hard time learning it. And at the time, <laughs> there wasn't a CD-ROM or um, online math course that I had found that I wanted to put in front of him. Um, with Jonas, we ended up getting some CD-ROMs that were pretty good. Jonas didn't like it either. Um, but now with Eleanor, Harold, and Hazel, we have a program where it's all all on CD, and mm. they seem to pick it up pretty quick the way this person teaches. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. We've offered for Nathan to be able to take that same class again. He's declined. Yeah. I didn't fail him, though, because he put in some serious effort. <laughs> <laughs> I think I gave uh, him a C. Yeah. Sounds he, about right. He wasn't willing to go back and do it over. Mm. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, one thing, uh, I kind of s- shifting gears here. Um, maybe like more to college experiences uh, and oh stuff like that. Oh my gosh. Um, We're already an hour in and we haven't even touched on that. No, I feel it. No, we can go longer. I'm, I'm cooling. Okay. I hour and a half. Why not? We'll see. We can just go along. Daniel's not with He's making his own mix. They're playing right Tetris in there. That's best. He's doing great. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I say, let, could we take a break at four? Um, and come back? Yeah. So l- let's talk a little bit and then take a break. Okay. And then... Come back for like 20 minutes? Yeah. Okay. Or at least there's a bathroom break, break for me. Um, so college experience one thing that i wanted to so i'm a cf here mm-hmm. um, at Casavis, which is a collegiate fellow um which is the same thing as an ra for everywhere else um, or ca at the u of m oh interesting i didn't know that collegiate um, assistant there you go um but an ra is a um, residential advisor and basically is there to look over residents um, and make sure that they're not hurting themselves <laughs> or like getting into trouble. Um, Babysitter for 18 year olds. Uh, basically. Exactly. Yeah. And like the biggest <laughs> thing is just making sure that they're safe, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would just like, I know, I think you've told me like at least one story, dad, of um, your RA experience, but I just want to get your overall. I don't know, take on the whole RA experience and maybe some stories if you have them. (laughs) 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 I was an RA uh, for two years out at Northern. And, uh, you know, I think a a state school might be a little different than a private school. How big is that school? Uh, 3,100 students, 3,000 students roughly. Uh, Nice school. I mean, I had a great experience out there. But, uh, yeah, it was interesting. You know, we had, it was the, I was in an all-male dorm. And, you know, we were on duty where we'd have to sit out in, in like a lobby area. And we would just rotate through. So it might be, you know, two nights a week where you're out in the lobby making rounds every hour and things like that. Uh, just basically being accessible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Uh, early on, the drinking age was 19. You know, oh, yeah, so it was right. one of those things where you had a, a definite bar situation, you know, guys coming home, you hmm. know, back to the dorm at one in the morning or two in the morning or whatever. So it, it could be pretty wicked. 
you know, and uh, you'd have Let's to try go. to you'd have to try to <laughs> calm down, you know, you, you know. And the hardest thing I played basketball out there, and the basketball coach was very supportive of what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And probably one of the dumbest things, one of the guys, one of the a freshman basketball player, brought in a, a Coors party ball in, <laughs> into his dorm room. Okay. So this, you know, it's. Do they I exist still? I don't Do know. You if, know I don't what know if Coors even. Party ball is? I, I it's like assume. it's like it's like it's a like little, little mini keg, mini plastic, but it's like a little ball. ball. Oh, right. Okay, it's like so. wine in a box, but it was oh. like beer. Beer in a, in a box. box. Beer in a, in a sphere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, that's nice. it, right? Right. So beer in a sphere. Nice. So we can remarket that. We're yeah. We will have to trademark. Yeah. So, you know, this freshman put me in a tough position you know here I am doing my job and it's like you know my my motto or or my theory with the guys was hey just don't wake me up (laughs) it's like my you know know, it's one of those things where if just don't wake me up don't be stupid you know see you do your rounds if you hear him being stupid you'd have to pound on the door and hey just quiet down right so I'm making rounds and these meatheads are in their room, you know, tell them to shut up, quiet down. And there's a stinking party ball in the room, right? So I have to write them up. You know, I have to go get the hall director and do the whole process. And, you know, I talked to the basketball coach about it. And I said, what do I do? You know, after the, 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 basically the next day. And he goes, hey, can't you did the right thing. You know, what do you, what do, you do, right? Mm-hmm. So Were they just, basketball players? Oh, there are a couple in there, yeah. Yeah, yeah it must yeah. be hard because they're your teammates. Oh, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's like, what do you do? Yeah. You know, and that kid was not on the team then the following year, you know, but it was just one of those things. You know, that was pretty tricky. Uh, you know, another night, we again, it was like, I think it was homecoming week. We had a, like a near riot situation <laughs> in the dorm. And it was, again. Over what? Well, it was just one of those things where it's homecoming and oh, there's yeah. a bunch of idiots coming home from the bars. Yeah. And it's just one of those things. And uh, it just—it's just one of those things. Yeah, you know, back in the eighties, it was just one of those West. things. It was well, it was South Dakota. So Dad actually had a gun. <laughs> he had a Glock on his hip. No, I really did not. It, but it was I did not Come on, have a Glock. It was the Wild West. But no, it was—it was pretty pretty crazy, you know. So, but we—it was thankful. One of the one of the guys that was an RA, he was a football player, and. Uh, <laughs> Seriously, his thighs. Were, I mean, <laughs> this guy was—he was built like a tree trunk. He was like two ninety, and he was only like five eleven. He was like two ninety. Oh my god! He was an offensive guard, if I remember. Seriously, five eleven and about two ninety, and his thighs were so big he couldn't buy jeans. That's how big this guy was. <laughs> oh, but wow. uh, but he was a super cool guy, just calm. But then when times got rough, he would he would help out. You, know? you called him in. Oh yeah. I mean, we, were, we, well, we would sort of, I mean, we could calm down pretty much any situation between he and I. So it was pretty good. Was there anything time, like, that it got physical that you had to? Yeah, oh, yeah, we had to separate some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Dang, why doesn't, it, why doesn't that happen? Yeah, I know. Right? I mean, that, and that's, again, it just a I'm talking to you, Matt. Yeah, just a different, <laughs> a different situation. Yeah. Yeah. It was different back then. I should have started a fight last year. No. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> you and Teddy, you just go in. Yeah. yeah. Teddy. <laughs> and I'd get Tyler. I'd go get Tyler. Oh, God. Put Tyler in between you two because he's, he's a big dude. He looks like a lumberjack. He's a lot. Yeah. Does he have a big head? <laughs> I don't know. Just a big beard. He has a big, beard, yeah. like Big guy. Anyway, yeah. sorry. No, that was it was a good experience, though. It was, 
It, like like Emily said, though, it was basically you're babysitting a bunch of 18 and 19-year-olds and 20-year-olds and stuff like that. Yeah. But it, uh, you know, teaches response. It, you know, from my standpoint, it, you know, it helps teach responsibility. And, and financially, it was huge. I mean, it helped pay for room and board. Okay. I, got, I got some money playing basketball, but then it helped take, you know, take care of the room and board portion of it. So it yeah. definitely helped. And yeah, you took those skills into parenting Nate. <laughs> Here we are. He was 18 years old. Yeah, and when said, Jonas and I would go at it, up. and he'd grab us both and pin yeah, you up against, against the, wall. the walls. I, I don't think either. <laughs> no, you guys <laughs> didn't fight. <laughs> you guys didn't fight. I don't remember you no. guys ever fighting. No. You guys are the dynamic dynamic duo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's see. It's 5 o'clock right now. So um, do we want to take a quick break um, and come back for like the last uh, like 25, 20 minutes, something like sure, that? Yeah. You guys need to go to the bathroom or whatever? Yeah, um, I'm going to go. All right. Looks like it's just me. Okay. So All right. <laughs> Hope it comes out okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you.
We haven't All decided. Right. We're back from our brief um, break. AKA Nate's potty break. For me. None of us moved. <laughs> yeah. All right. I drank a lot of water because I was singing this morning or afternoon. And so. you sounded great, by the way. Yeah, it was really you. awesome. Made really me proud cry. of you. Oh, it was thanks. beautiful. I think there's going to be a moment in the video of it where I shaking. go. <laughs> <laughs> she was shaking. The, her phone was like <laughs> shaking it. Yeah. She was crying. Oh. It was beautiful. I think I had a problem there too, keeping it back. Wow. Yeah, it was beautiful. I was holding Hazel, so I couldn't really wipe the tears from my face. <laughs> Have Hazel do it. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, she's like, Dad, stop. Don't embarrassing me. Oh. Don't embarrassing me. <laughs> All right, so quick question from Tyler's uh, girlfriend, Tyler. Vanessa. Wants to know if you, Emily, are vegan. Vanessa, I am not. Um, I've been through several um, food choice, lifestyle choice kind of movements in my life. Mm -hmm. um, we've never actually gone vegan, but we've done paleo. We are, I am now what I would call clean paleo, where I'm, I try to do sustainable meats um, if we're going to do meats. So there's an organic farm close to us that we buy beef from, mm -hmm. and we try to do wild caught fish and, and that. But I am gluten-free, dairy-free just because of my own personal intolerances and I try to feed the family like that too but they can have uh, whatever they want as far as like breads and stuff but yeah we've just made different choices or I have made different choices for my diet throughout my years based on things that I've learned so there you go Vanessa <laughs> that was for you thanks for listening Vanessa <laughs> uh, Cool. Well, how about back to college stories, college years? Yeah. Anything significant um, on either side? Funny stories? Anything wild? Hmm. As you can tell, they're wild childs. <laughs> I just, well, you said you want us to be open, but. <laughs> <laughs> really, it's like, oh, hmm. how, I'm how not open? Sure how open I, I don't want, want to let 
All that out. Share. Gustave. All, all, all campus. Well, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all of campus, right? All 20 people on campus. Well, and I, my first two years were at Ridgewater, which is a community college in Wilmer. I mentioned that. And so it was just a lot of, you know, growing up in Wilmer, which is a, it was a relatively big town, not a city, but it was a big town with uh, my graduating class was 303. Um, so it was a nice size school, but you kind of had people that you knew all the way through school. Mm-hmm. And so it was really my first time in life getting to choose new friends. and I have that same experience. Yeah, you know, you all of a sudden can find people that have your similar interests. And I took <laughs> an art class and absolutely loved a couple of the people that I met in there who I probably wouldn't have hung out with in high school. But in college, you can choose to find people that mm-hmm. you're similar yeah, cause to. Yeah, because I'm from the suburbs, so a lot of people go either to the U of M Twin Cities or to UMD, yeah. and I just was like, well, Gustavus. <laughs> right. So I didn't know anyone here besides the one dude that came here from my school. But, um, yeah, I agree. You get to pick your friends. But, yeah, yeah. I feel like, I'm, yeah, I'm not bound to my high school friends. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I definitely still hang out with them. Mm-hmm. But You'd say hi on the street. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> but, yeah. Well, and you're still very close with a lot of your high school friends. Yeah. But I also like the freedom to make new friends. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have to, like, introduce them to the friend group or something like that. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, then it's not about them. It's it's about you and, w- like, who you personally want yeah, as a friend. Yeah, what relationship we want to build. Right. And not about, like, oh, is it going to make the friend group happy? Is it going like, to... Right. Like, are they going to like them? Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I get that. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, I... I think for me, it was it was really cool because, like you said, like getting to choose your friends based on interests. Yeah, and in Benson, there's not many people <laughs> who are interested in like what I was interested in. Right. And so I really couldn't connect with like a lot of people, um, except for like I met Eric um, in tennis, and he was like the only person who I like found a lot of commonalities with. Um, and so we're still really good friends. Um, or Dylan. And Dylan, yeah. Mm-hmm. For music and for Dennis. And right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, now being here, like, you get to meet, there's so many different kinds of people here. Mm-hmm. And getting to, f- like, be friends with people who are actually interested in the things that you're interested in is really, mm-hmm. is really cool. And then you can, like, talk about those things and learn more about those things. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, I think the thing that's different with the Gustavus community is that, like, you know practically everyone mm-hmm. and can at least say hi to most of them. Yeah. And it's just a different vibe compared to other colleges, I feel like, mm-hmm. because, like, actually at the U, my girlfriend who goes there, um, like, so all my friends kind of went to the U, right? And so they are just in their friend group. And I feel like sometimes you kind of get stuck there and you don't, branch out and actually going to a bigger school might make it harder to find new friends because Mm -hmm. you're just one in Mm 50,000 right? instead of like an actual person, (laughs) I don't know, a human that is in like an activity with other people that you'll see. Well, and I can speak to that going to St. Cloud State. I mean, it was a pretty big school Mm -hmm. compared to Ridgewater and the people that I had for my friend groups there were either, they either live next to me 
in my dorm mm-hmm. or they were in my major. You know, they were pre-med. And other than that, it was almost too big for me anyway to really establish a, a close friendship outside of that. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of clubs and things that I felt like I could get involved in. Mm-hmm. Plus, I was dating Kent at the time. and You're holding her down. Was my I life. was holding her down. He held me back. <laughs> he was my life. <laughs> Um, so, I yeah. ruined her college experience. <laughs> well, you were a part of it, though. He would mm-hmm. come up and visit at college, and yeah. we had um, girls on one floor, boys on the other floor mm-hmm. in my dorm, and they weren't supposed to have any sleepovers or anything like that. So there were some visits. So he was a part of that. Visitation college. hours end at two, but <laughs> just want to let you know. I think ours ended at like midnight. On the weekends. Oh, Davis! Wild people yeah. down here. <laughs> I know. So you said long distance was hard. You mentioned this earlier, that long distance mm-hmm. was hard for you guys. Can you speak a little more to that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, back then it was a... You, you, there wasn't like telephone. Exactly. Right? We had a cell phone. Yeah, just for you, for basically for emergency, emergency use, driving back and forth. This would have been like 94 that. through 98. Okay. <clears throat> yep. Cell phones were the size of... Uh, Bricks at this point. Yeah, I, had I had a flip phone. Suitcase. I had a flip it was phone. Like that, Motorola yeah, flip it was probably phone, two so. to three inches thick. It would flip open. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it wasn't that out, much. But it was just thicker. Yeah. It was like gotcha. two and a half inches thick. The thicker. battery was like the size of a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was huge. It was big. Yeah, no, it was difficult. You know, it's one of those things we were just married. Mm-hmm. We got married in June, and Emily moved on to the cities in August, September. You know, so we chased back and forth weekends, a lot of phone calls, you know, it was hard, really hard. And I'd say on the flip side of that, though, there were definitely some positives where our honeymoon period lasted four years because we were really, you know, we weren't together hardly at all. So weekends, it was like, hey, we're finally together. Mm -hmm. Um, And I could focus on school when I was at school. And then on the weekends, I'd try to be able to just be the wife and do the fun things that Mm -hmm. a newly married couple would do. And, you know, study, obviously, some things. I mean, you couldn't take the whole weekend off. But And then the same thing with you, Kent. When when I was at school, you had several basketball leagues. Yeah, (laughs) I played in three leagues in three towns during the week. Yeah. So I played a lot of city league basketball. Lots of beer drinking at the BFWs. Yeah, we hit them up. Yeah, you know, the surrounding communities, yeah, we played a lot of basketball. Hmm. And some weekend tournaments and stuff. Yeah, so I'm doing long distance with my girlfriend. And I find that it, it is hard, but I feel like there's something, like, kind of special about it how you can live your own life yeah and then still come back when you like i go up like once a month i want to say and yeah i just find that interesting that we can both live our own separate lives and have our own friends and our own interests and stuff and then come back whenever we Mm -hmm. need to and i will say that when we did you know so (laughs) any life change obviously is is stressful and, you know, they say, okay, so if someone dies, that's stressful. Getting married, that's stressful. For me, it was, okay, so I graduated from chiropractic school, became a chiropractor, got my first job within one month, and then also found out I was pregnant with Nathan <laughs> five weeks that's after a lot I of life graduated. Yeah, and moved back in with my husband. And then Nathan you know, so was born in like, January. Then Nathan wow. was born a half a year later. Yeah. So it was a whole lot of life. That's wild. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Lots of life. 
And, you know, kind of having, I don't know how open you want, but and I don't know how much Nathan wants to listen. But having, you know, we weren't together. So kind of our um, family planning, you might say, was because we were together. You know, mm-hmm. there was a lot of times where, where we could really track. I could track fertility. And then we weren't together a lot. But then when you you're living with the person now you got to be really focused on it which sorry nate you were a mistake but the best mistake i ever made <laughs> good enough <laughs> best and first mistake. <laughs> best and first no not a mistake but you know just kind of an oh surprise. my goodness yeah. surprise Here we are. this the plan was five years after i graduated from mm-hmm. chiropractic school i was going to really establish pay my, off the loans yep establish my clinic pay off the $72,000 in loans Woo! after eight years. Yeah. That'll which do you. Which was really yeah. amazing for me because I had four years where I had no loans. I walked out mm. of four years of school with no loans because I did not go to Gustavus. I went to <laughs> state school. <laughs> yeah. State school. Oof. Sorry. No, yeah, um, no, yeah. Bet you aren't getting this type of podcast at yeah. state school. Bet no you did. I, <laughs> I never did. No. no, but then once I got into chiropractic school, that's when the dollars started kind of racking up. So it was kind of a shock. Now all of a sudden, okay, you're going to be a mom and you have to maintain your practice and be a wife. So mm-hmm. it was, yeah. Yeah pretty awesome kind of thrown into life all at once yeah, and how did you guys adjust that quite well i think um we did well and we had just bought a new house too or an old, old house different old house yeah we, we had an old duplex that we we lived in the main floor rented out the second story which is a great option for any yeah. of you listening yeah buy a crappy house <laughs> fix it up fix it up rent make it out. one half of it an apartment they pay your mortgage yeah. it's a good plan <laughs> we did that for quite a while then we yeah. bought a bigger older huge monster house rented out the top and the bottom of the other house for a while and then we lived in the other big old house built Mm. in 1911 it was super cool oh my goodness massive really cool it had seven foot doorways uh ceilings are nine and a half feet tall leaded glass windows big open staircase beams in the ceilings in the dining room it was really a cool house Mm -hmm. yeah it had a full full basement main floor second floor and a full attic. Full walk-up attic with a maid's room up in it. Yeah. But we we yeah. did not have a maid. <laughs> Let's be clear. No maid, but there was room for one. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. So they put me. But there when was, he was bad, we locked yeah. him in the maid's room. No. There was really enough room. Joke. Funny joke. <laughs> <laughs> there was enough room there, though, that we could have our own space. Mm-hmm. You know, we could have, have time apart because there was a whole lot of together. Mm. After being apart right. for so long, now okay, we're really together here. So, yeah. Huh. All right. Well, we have ten minutes left. So, should we just wrap it up with some advice to the youngins? Listen Ooh. in. Wow. Uh, financial advice, I would say. <laughs> oh well, yeah. We'll start with that. The first and foremost, <laughs> don't overspend. Right. Manage money. Manage money. Yeah. And where did you learn that from? Did you have a like a situation I, I, where you? He's been married to me. No, I've always been. <laughs> <laughs> I've probably been too thrifty, possibly. I don't know. No, I, I just um, I don't like to overspend. I, I question spending money. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. Well, and I think we've um, I kind of 
when we did the Holden Village trips, we really started looking into more simplicity and, and, mm-hmm. and simplifying our lives. And we really have lived um, simple yeah. lives. And you can get so much out of a simple life. You know, I think now it's called minimalism or essentialism. I, I like the, the term essentialism, which is basically you need what you need. Mm-hmm. But anything beyond that, really, you know, you're not going to take it with you. And mm-hmm. it's hard to maintain all your stuff so you know kind of focus on the things that you absolutely need and and find joy in experiences rather in material things things you know there isn't the the joy of a thing is maybe you've got the joy of the pursuit of the thing or the joy of the looking at the thing Mm -hmm. but once you have the thing so often that joy goes away quickly take it for granted Yeah. yeah you know what's yeah Enjoy nature. Go outside. Hmm. Road trips. Road trips. Yeah. State go parks. On, go on adventure. Say yes to adventure every chance yeah. you get. Start running. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't start running until I was 39, Run and now marathon. it is my sanity. I love running. Do Ragnar relays. Ragnar. Yeah. But, there, but yeah. find adventures that you can do mm-hmm. with your friends. Hiking. Go outdoors. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Travel. Love it. Mm-hmm. Any advice for schooling, for people studying, kids in do school? It. Do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> Plain and simple. You know what? Do it Time before you have maybe? to do it. Yeah. Like, yeah what do you want to actually? What do you want to tell Jonas yeah. for his first year of college? You go know, to bed at night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so important. You know, Give go your to sleep. Go to bed and let your brain. Well, Jonas, interestingly, Jonas and his his um, BPA group did a video about <laughs> sleep, you know, and the, the need for sleep. And they interviewed me for their video. I have seen this video. And, you know, I don't know that I was very eloquent in explaining it, but it, just in my research, you need sleep. Mm-hmm. And the more you can sleep between 10 and 2 the better like not during the day like not night. during the day but go to bed at like 10 o'clock and then get up at four in the morning and do extra studying don't stay up until two and then think you can cram the sleep in later just go to sleep at 10 or you know 11 o'clock push it to 11 but get that those from 10 to 2 your brain actually does more cleaning out essentially of the garbage that you're the metabolites and that in your brain this is according to when i was talking with jonas about this sleep study Um, but your brain can clean up better during those hours Mm. so that you can be clearer and your brain can work better if you sleep from 10 until 2 versus if you do those same four hours at a different time of the night interesting from two to six or whatever so we found that interesting so go to bed (laughs) early and get up early because the morning is a great time. And for Jonas, okay, I'm still thinking, what should I, What do I say to Jonas? I think Jonas should um, read early. Like start reading before you need to read. You know, don't wait until the night before to read the chapter. Yeah, I definitely have a problem with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you get the book at the beginning of the semester, so you're probably going to have to read it. Yeah. So once you get the book, maybe start reading it. Yeah. Yeah, I have a book review due in 10 days and uh, haven't read the book. Okay, start reading it. (laughs) (laughs) That's my plan for this weekend. Good job. Yeah. 
but don't put it off, you know. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Is that it? I think so. Drink water. Drink water. Drink That's water. a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, well, any more words, words of, of wisdom? Words of wisdom for the young folk listening? Covered it all. Cool. Well, I just want to thank you for being open to this last minute kind of like, oh, yeah. hey, you want to do a podcast today? <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, and thank you for being open and kind of giving us a rundown of your lives and experiences and stuff like that. No, so, yeah, this was super cool. Yeah. Awesome. And I know a lot of people, I've I've heard from Instagram that a lot of people enjoyed it. So, um, Great. Yeah. Wow. yeah this was thank fun. You. When can we come back? <laughs> yeah. Uh, wait. Benson Family Christmas, Carried Away Edition. <gasps> How oh, goodness. S- Sorry, Cortana wants in. Google Assistant's going nuts. Benson Family Christmas, Carried Away. At Bring our the studio. House? Yep. Can we do it? Nope, there's That'd no possible way. No. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd be cool. Could yeah. Brad figure it out? Yeah, Brad. Come Brad, on. please, we need you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cool. Well, all right. Uh, I think that's going to be it for this edition of Carried Away. Um, yeah. Cool. I guess our next um, show will be thir- Thursday. Thursday. Oh, yep. Um, again, you can follow us on Instagram, and that's um, carriedaway.radio. Yep, carriedaway.radio. Do you guys want Emily and I to drive down for that or not? <laughs> Every Thursday. Yeah. Yep. We'll make, the, we eight to nine. make the two and a half hour drive here and then drive. Two and a half hour back. Yeah. That's not a problem. I'm a good driver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Hobbinator can take it or what's it called? The the, the, the Braves fan van. Oh. Fan van. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. All right. All right. Well, and you can Google us questions. Google. Send us. Yeah. We have a Gmail, um, which is carriedaway.radio yep. at Gmail. Um and we'll be checking that during the show, stuff like that. So. All right. Well, I guess we can sign off. Yeah. So Great. I'm Preston Hanstead. Thanks for listening. Yeah. I'm Nate Hobbin. I'm Emily Hobbin. And Kent Hobbin. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs>